Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today I thought I'd do something slightly different. Rather than speaking to healthcare professionals, which I've uh, spoken to before, I've dragged in my practice manager, Sarah Baker, to talk to her about a bit about her past, um, where she's worked before, and how she feels about working here at, um, in my menopause centre. So hi, Sarah. Hello. So just tell us a bit about what you were doing before you came here. Um, so before I started here at Newson Health, um, I worked in a uh, private hospital uh, for the Spy Group and I ran um, sort of the educational strand for the uh, consultants and the GPs. Yeah. Um, so very interesting and it was certainly very interesting to be part of the private sector. Yes. So there's a couple of things really that we wanted to, I wanted to tease out. Firstly about private medicine because certainly I've worked in the NHS for a long period of time. I qualified in 1994 and I always thought I would continue working in the NHS because it, it's so important to, to me that everyone should be able to access the same care. It's not about how big your wallet is, it's about what your health is and how to improve it. So I dipped my toe in the water starting my clinic, as you know, a couple of years ago in the hospital where you used to work. But it, it's not all bad, is it, private? Just explain what no. you, your thoughts about it. Well, so the, the private sector certainly has changed enormously mm. over the years, and, and you're right, you know, a decade ago it was very much for uh, the elite, those that had... Yes. the f- income to pay for private medical insurance and the private hospitals focus solely on those that had mm. private medical insurance but people just don't have that no. kind of money these days and unfortunately the NHS is changing and so totally. people have got to fight their own corner and mm. do their own research find the person that they want to to see so um, private hospitals now focus much more on those that pay as you go. Yes. Um, so those that don't have private medical insurance and that can pay a one-off fee for mm. their surgery or for their yes. consultation. And that's a big market now because people are realising that they need to um, do their own research and find that person that specialises in their yes. Uh, yeah. what, what they need treating. I'm no set with my mother who had, she's had a couple of hip replacements and I dissuaded her <laughs> from having private health about 20 years ago because she was spending a lot, very expensive, yeah, about £100 a month. Mm. I said, oh gosh, actually don't stop because um, you're otherwise healthy but then she had a hip replacement but wanted it locally so I could help look after her went to your hospital then um, and self-funded and Mm. you know it is a bit like buying a car you can sort of negotiate when you're paying yourself absolutely and And you can set up finances yeah there's all sorts that can be done aren't there yeah and there's a much bigger market now than it's ever ever been but then obviously here we only deal with the menopause which really frustratingly isn't covered by any private health insurance scheme is it it's a foregone conclusion the menopause so no insurance would cover it which I battle quite a lot and I have I've spoken to some of the insurance companies because although the menopause is a natural phenomenon we'll all go through if we live long enough it's as you know a marker for future disease so mm. women who have gone through the menopause without treatment have an increased risk of heart disease osteoporosis diabetes arthritis and even dementia we know that women who go through the menopause are more likely to have a hip and knee joint replacement 
yet if the insurance companies considered that, they wouldn't be paying out quite so much money no, later. So. That's enormous foresight on your part. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the big insurers won't think about wouldn't it. think about no, it. No, because way. when I have approached quite important people in very well-established insurance companies, they've laughed and said, menopause, what do you mean? Mm. Because this concept of this crazy hormonal woman is what people think about the menopause, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, you know, education is the way to go, but we've got a long way to go in terms of education for the medical profession, the insurance profession and general public and women themselves. Yeah, and it's helping. I think the media have got it wrong with so much about menopause and HRT. And Mm -hmm. as you know, some of the media work we do is helping to educate and hopefully these podcasts are helping. But talking about education, you used to, I mean, you're super organised and you (laughs) did some amazing events in Parkway at the hostels working and... Thankfully, I even uh, presented at a couple of them. But mm. we, you've always said there was an interest in women's health. Wasn't there? I mean, yeah. you did every specialty, didn't you? We did. We covered all the specialties. Um, so just to explain that the um, education strand um, was somewhat marketing. Yes, so that the consultants could promote themselves in front of the GPs. But also, GPs need to have continual professional development. So it was yeah. for their benefit. We put mm. the events on for free. Mm. The GPs uh, could get their... Uh, points points, uh, for their appraisal um, and also learn about any advances or uh, sort of red flags they need to look out Mm. for uh, when they see their patients and uh, obviously I would uh, set up different uh, conferences Mm. and seminars and by far and away the most popular if I put HRT or anything menopause on the schedule we would be sold out for what so that's really interesting isn't it so Mm. even because women's health is always interesting isn't it yeah the daily ones were always well attended yes but but you think menopause was totally without a doubt yeah without a doubt and unfortunately those we'd have sort of several speakers in the course of the Mm. day so anybody speaking on hrt could only scratch the surface yes uh, at those short talks yeah um but as a hospital we, we wouldn't be able to put on a full day which you which you can do yes um for that one particular topic because yeah. it's too narrow for the for the whole yeah no totally and um and actually I was very lucky to be able to run my clinic there because as a GP it's very hard to find a place to run a clinic and mm. we were, I was very fortunate the managing director at the time believed in my mission to help mm. more women through their menopause but um for a hospital facility actually me running a clinic is not very cost effective really is it so no. you can see why for them um but in a bigger picture which luckily people did have vision they could see how it would help at a bigger scale mm. but it's interesting isn't it because I know when I was an undergraduate and a postgraduate and I've done a lot of hospital qualifications and general practice qualifications my menopause education was very minimal um, mm. I didn't I'm, I'm sure as a student I didn't have anything might have had a little bit in gynecology but the odd talk in a uh, or usually in a consultation if someone came in but it, I never thought about it as a bigger picture I didn't think of it as a marker for uh, future health problems so I can understand that people want knowledge but it's great that it's there's such this need and it, it's not it. just mm. um, younger doctors was it or I mean, was it all ages oh, no, all ages and all genders as yeah, well so that's good uh, I think when um general public go to the GP because they want to talk about their periods or whatever yes. it is they tend to opt for a female GP yeah. so then we get this kind of swing towards totally. the females yeah. GPs having more education in this mm. area but um, in fact more so really the, the male GPs would say that I've got little or no yes. knowledge of this um, so yeah it was important for them too and I, 
I think the thing with the menopause, because it's mm. so multifaceted and a GP has to be a jack of all trades, yes. um, that it is really difficult for them Literally. to treat a woman mm. in that eight minute or whatever consultation they've got. Yeah, um, so I think it's also hard because a lot of GPs now, aren't they? It's one problem, one consultation. Yes. And ladies say to me, well, I've got headaches, I've got joint pains, I've got tiredness, I've got low mood, and I've got sweats, and I keep getting urinary tract infections. So which do I talk about? Yeah. And actually, we're sitting here knowing that all of those are related to one diagnosis, which yeah. will be And I menopause. think even the women themselves, if they don't have that Toothy. hot sweat, the night sweat, no. which is so commonly known... You don't think about it. You, you wouldn't even put it in the bracket of no. menopause yeah. or perimenopause. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to educate women, totally. women as well. Totally. And I think it's also, I think it's really important if women can be empowered with the right information, then they can go and even say to the GP, I think it might be my perimenopause or menopause because mm. my periods have changed or my periods have stopped. And I'm getting these symptoms because then it changes that consultation very quickly, doesn't absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. But I don't know. I, maybe we have to rethink this completely because I, I from my short time here, yes. I've, I've come to realise actually that the menopause is is so big mm. in terms of symptoms mm. and how it affects you yeah. that perhaps that eight-minute consultation at OGP yes. isn't the right place to do no, it. I totally agree. Um, it's. I mean, I we've already talked earlier to other people but about the whole education even in schools you know yes. I mean you've got young children yes, they get yeah. sex education mm. they not all of them are going to have sex they have sexually mm. transmitted diseases information not all of them hopefully are going to have sexually transmitted infections you know they get drug information which is really important but I, hopefully most of our children won't or won't you know experience drugs but so it's so that's really important absolutely but actually the menopause although it only affects women as in the women will go through the menopause it usually affects men as well we witness the husbands and partners that come that yes. you know sometimes carry their partners through and the it's door. sometimes them that phone for the appointment sometimes the men because they've lost their wives and their partners yes. to this yes um, and the women are, are not able to see it they're yes. perhaps their mood's too low or they mm. you know they don't they don't feel they can address yeah. it uh, for whatever reason so the husbands do it um and yeah you know one of my roles here is to make sure that the the clinic is well staffed and staffed with the right yes. type of person and the receptionists definitely fall in my remit and yes. it's imperative that those receptionists can sit and talk yes. and take time out yeah not, they don't appear to be busy or uh, you know distracted totally and I think that's really key isn't it is having time and yes. I feel certainly the NHS has changed so much mm. in the last 20 odd years and there is little time mm. and obviously there's little resources but it's not just about money it's about the the time that people need isn't it and and we see time and again that that Mm. is what is so important sometimes just the initial telephone call we have with patients you know I've heard so many times women say gosh I feel 10 feet tall now yeah I haven't we haven't done anything we've just listened to them on the phone and um it's something I talk to the staff about a lot here is that uh our the time it takes to book in a patient mm. is longer than yes. than any other clinic yeah. because the women are sometimes confused, yeah, very low, mm. um, they take time to make a decision. Yeah. So we, we have to balance up that need to answer the next phone call yes. but meet the needs of the lady booking in. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're all so passionate about this course mm. that mm. we'll happily spend half an hour on yeah. the phone to one of the ladies. But it's quite sure. different, isn't it, to... Like you say, if I if I if you were booking up because 
your knee was sore and you wanted to see an orthopedic consultant, mm. for example, two minutes done, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so absolutely. It's um, and it takes a lot for women, I think, just to phone and um, get some understanding and to admit that they're having these symptoms because. Mm. I don't know, I had symptoms for quite a few months and just thought it was because I was working too hard. Um, and if someone had asked me if there was a problem, I would say, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm just a bit stressed. Mm. Mm. And then to almost, then to pick up the phone and then to say, look, I'm really struggling with quality of my life. And I know, actually, when I did finally phone um, my consultant, Nick Panay, who's, who's an amazing person, very knowledgeable, his secretary said, well, he's got no appointments for months. And I got really cross. I was really rude with her on the phone. <laughs> Do you know who I am? I need to be seen. I can't work like this. Um, and I actually said, forget it. I'm going to email him. And I slammed the phone down. And, and you know, I, it, that's awful. It's so irrational. But I was irrational at that time. Yeah. And so... You know, you've got to have quite thick skin. Yeah, and we do, and we, and sometimes if we get, you know, that bad call, yeah. we sort of put the phone down, bit of a group hug. She's yeah. menopausal. Yeah, she'll be okay when she's big. Yeah, and but that we understand that. Yeah, but it's hard, isn't it, for the NHS because, of course, you know, receptionists and GP surgeries don't have the luxury of time, do they? Yeah. And um, so it's trying to, like you say, empower and educate women so they feel more prepared trying to get them to get the most out of their precious time with their GP. Mm. And then I feel part of my role, remit really, is to try and help educate primary care professionals. So not not just doctors, but nurses, pharmacists as well. Mm. Um, Mm. Because it's a whole journey. and, And so a lot of women we see in the clinic, obviously it is private because some of you might know I can't actually get an NHS job in a menopause clinic because they're closing a lot of them and I've been to different health authorities and there's there's no uh, finances to for me to run a clinic so although this is private a lot of women don't keep coming back here do they no so and that's something that we are uh talk about on the phone to them mm. because sometimes in a very long booking process yes. uh the problem is is money yeah of course um so what we can say is though you know we we'll have you for initial consultation and we can do you a follow-up we will also, the doctors will also empower you to go back to your GP and say, yes. look, this is what I want. This is what I've been scribed, mm. prescribed and this is what it's been suggested I take. Yeah. And, you know, many GPs are gra- grateful yes. for that kind of template yes. that they can just carry forward. Then. Yeah. Um, so not so. Um, but, you know, it's, so we've got to think about this as not a long-term financial burden on these patients. No, totally. But the initial consultation that gives them the tools to carry on with the NHS. Yes. And we're, you know, I, I hope you're in agreement yeah. that we think that it's great. Once we've set them up, we can set totally. them free in the and NHS. That's, and that's what we do, isn't it? I mean, the, we've got now 11 other GPs working here. We've got nurses starting, mm. seeing patients, which is brilliant. Um, but we write really detailed letters, don't we? Mm-hmm. Which, again, takes a lot of time oh, with, with our team. But... <laughs> A lot of it is to uh, for the women. It's really important they get the right information. But um, if the woman's agreeable, we send a copy to their doctors, don't we? So yes. then we hope, um, and we already hear stories that the doctors then learn from that woman's experience, mm. and that can be ripple and help others, which mm. is really important, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you have a number of GPs that come and sit with you, yes. and we run the education events. Yes. Um, it's all about 
getting the information out. I mean, if yeah. we were running a business that was just, you know, with our capitalist hats on, yes, uh, we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot. Yes, it's not a great financial business <laughs> model, but it, it feels the right thing to do. And yeah, to we're do very it for the right fortunate for the education events. So, so talk us through, because we had one a few weeks yeah, ago, which you yeah. really kindly organised, but it was a lot of interest, wasn't there? It was really easy to do because there was so much interest, so I didn't have to market too hard for that one. But... Um, some doctors came from quite far away as well. They did, they, they travelled. So cool. I mean, I suppose the downside of it is that we attract the ones that are keen and interested. Yes, totally. Um, and so this is a long-term plan, isn't it, yeah, really? Yeah, we've got lots of plans. Because but... there was lots of registrars that mm. wanted to come along, which was great. So they're still in their training for their GP mm. um, before they become fully qualified GPs. So I sort of feel at the moment that we're helping those that have already... Uh, preaching to the conversion. We're preaching to the conversion, yes. that's a good way of putting it. So uh, we've still got a long way to go in terms of reaching those ones that are a bit set in their ways, yes. uh, perhaps not as keen to yes. help the women. I mean, we still hear on the phone uh, horror stories of GP mm. saying things like, oh, well, it happens to everybody. Mm. Or it was on the other day, oh, it's just all in your mind. Yes. Or it's very fashionable at the moment to talk about menopause. Yeah. And that's not helpful, no, is it? No, it's not. In um, fact, someone on my Instagram put the other day that they're, Doctors said to them, oh, you just need to wear linen pants and drink some soy milk. Okay. <laughs> so, not that help. But it, it, it's difficult because, um, you know, I'm not here to be rude about GPs, but, you know, a lot of GPs have grown through this era where people were really scared of HRT. Mm. Um, mm. And so then if they didn't have education or the education they had was very negative then they automatically dismiss HRT and don't see that it's a treatment mm, option. Mm. So it is, like you say, it's it's being able to reach those people uh, because, you know, there are some things that I'm not as comfortable with because I've got less experience. Um, so, for example, the diabetes ch- drugs have changed phenomenally since I was qualified mm. and half of them I can't even pronounce anymore. <laughs> um, but I won't always see a diabetic patient and if I did, I would often help them to make the diagnosis or the initial treatment and then I would say well you should go and see Dr Bloggs because he's the, he's he's the expert, he's the expert yeah. in their surgery um, but actually because every female will become menopausal mm. I feel it's not an excuse to say well I'm sorry I don't see menopause because you will yeah. even if you don't realise yes exactly that's, that's, it creeps into everything it does it? totally so yeah. and I think even if they're not confident in prescribing HRT yeah. they should still have that initial knowledge to be able to direct women to the right sources of information yeah. um, as you know we've got a lot of written information here which is mm. really useful for, for women to have mm. too um, and actually as a doctor we often learn from our patients too when they come and yeah. bring information or have an idea then we think right we've got to learn about this because we're going to help them and then we'll help other people too and that's one thing about you that I admire is that you're not afraid of change (laughs) so you know if you do learn something new you know you implement it you you look at it you implement it Mm. and you're you know we're constantly changing and evolving to meet the needs of women um, whether that's just to make the visit more pleasant or um, with the education yeah yeah Yeah, so um, you know you can't be um, no (laughs) you can't can't be scared of change So yeah, so so just to talk really about the sort of education that we're mm. doing. What was great about the last meeting we had, we had got some external speakers, didn't we? Yes. So. Yeah. So that was um, 
something else that um, perhaps our brothers aren't fully aware of is that uh, we talk about menopause and HRT and you think, well, that's just one speaker, surely. Yes. Yeah. But it's, as I mentioned before, it is multifaceted. So, you know, we had a, somebody speaking about hair, mm. somebody talking about breast cancer yes. um, and HRT, which obviously yeah. has got a very bad press. But those women have the right to choose. Yes, totally. Um, and, you know, and then you, you talk about, you know, the urinary infections, yes. uh, dry vaginas, yeah. endometriosis. Yeah. It's, there's so many elements. Did you realise that before you came here, do you think? When you were organising your talks, was it sort no, of... No, I didn't. No. I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I was very unaware that, um, you know, your hair, things. losing your hair, mm. you know, and that's so important, yes. isn't it? Yeah. Um, I suppose it's not that I didn't realise it, I just didn't think no, about it. I, yeah, um, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I think when you're, when you're busy, you just deal with what's in front of you. And a few years ago, I would always treat people if they needed it, but I wouldn't think about the bigger picture. I wouldn't yes. think so much about the impact it has on people's lives and their jobs and mm-hmm. how, um, you know, everyone thinks about the hot flushes but they don't think about the psychological impact. And yes. it's those symptoms that really people are coming for help, aren't they? Absolutely. And um, sorry, it's a bit of a, a sidetrack here, but you, I think at the moment, and we don't want to um, be negative about GPs and the NHS, but what other time in history have there been so many women in senior posts? Yes. You know, we recently had a female <laughs> Prime Minister, Minister totally. um, who... How, how did she get through her menopause and yes. have such a senior role yeah. um, in the police there's so many senior roles yeah. so we're, we're in a moment in history in oh, totally. where yeah. this is so important mm. and going back to GP saying oh it's so fashionable it isn't fashionable no it's not um, and because we are women yeah. we tend to put up with yeah, so many things yeah. um, you have you know women with terrible periods all their lives they never get help and never, never get help yeah. because they think that's their yeah. their lot yeah. and the menopause lots of women think this is their lot yes um i know it's very interesting i mean i, I was talking wasn't i just now to the people in the office and we were talking about in the victorian times the average age of the menopause was older 57 whereas now it's 51 but then the average age of death was 59 so a couple of years later whereas now hopefully it's about 82, 83. So for most of us, we'll have 30, even 40 years of being menopausal. Mm. But that has a big effect on our bodies for... Yes, being menopausal and being so important in society. Mm, totally. Know. I don't want to be at home, mm. uh, falling asleep on the sofa every afternoon. You know, someone said to me, uh, the day before we stay in clinic, even picking my children up from school feels like climbing Mount Everest. Mm. I set an alarm on my phone at three o'clock. And I have this, because I have this overwhelming fatigue, and I really, my joints are stiff, I feel dreadful. Mm. And she was only 38, she's got early menopause, but it's, it's that, and that's what's stopping people from functioning and working. Absolutely, um, but don't we owe it to society that those agree. senior police officers are still working to yes. help the community at large? Yes. I think it's, such a, it's an important Well, I, it is, I mean, I, I am a crack record, but I've said it many times, um, you know, it's the biggest travesty to women's health, that people have been so anti-HRT for the wrong reasons. Mm. And not just HRT, but it's that whole menopause taboo, isn't it? Mm. We, we, people get very scared of talking about it. I know even myself, when I finally realised about my symptoms and said to a few friends, oh, gosh, I've just realised I'm menopausal. Oh, but that makes you sound really old. Gosh, how <laughs> awful. <laughs> it shouldn't really be awful, should it? I think, Absolutely not. Um, um, I hope you don't mind me saying, but you were actually saying recently, I'm quite excited about my menopause. Yeah, I can't wait to have all of those. <laughs> well, I see women walk in feeling tired and low, mm. and I see them a couple of months later, or even I speak to them on the phone a couple of weeks later, 
feeling fantastic and flying. Yeah. And I suppose it's that element I see. Yeah. I see that the highs and I want to be part of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, we see a difference, don't we? And I yeah. think um, mentally, physically, and, and actually you were just saying before earlier today about how you hadn't really appreciated this risk of heart disease and osteoporosis. Mm, no, of course not, because it's not talked about, is it? No. And you hear about the, the negative sides, about how it can give you breast cancer, yes. but you don't hear about the fact that it can stop you, you, you can protect your heart and your bones, and we just yeah. don't hear about that enough. No, totally. Yeah. Which is, which is really important, because our life's a choice, isn't it? You decide whether you want to get in the car, whether you want to cross the road, mm. um, whether you want to do a high-risk activity, like horse riding or... And it's our choice, so therefore I really strongly feel, and I know we all do here, that women should have a choice about their menopause and their health as well. So, um, And obviously we've talked about HRT, but we're really lucky here, aren't we, because we've got... um, a yoga studio yeah so I know everyone thought I was crazy thinking about having <laughs> yoga in there but you've dabbled with yoga and you yes, enjoy it I do I enjoy it very much and um and that space is used for lots of other things yes. as well lots of we've had you know trichologists in talking about hair loss yes. uh, we do the yoga um we've got um you know other things in the pipeline it's sleep workshops um mm. even fun evenings like uh, colors and gems and things yes. that we're planning at the moment so that space is used a lot for the other part yes. of, of, of the And that obviously you didn't treatment. have that at the hospital. Oh absolutely so, not. It wasn't holistic at all. It was just so <laughs> are you finding that quite you know, you're enjoying that? Yeah, absolutely. Well it's a different um part of the job. Mm. Um and well yeah, it's great just to to, to ex- dabble and see what yes. what other things we can do yeah. and thinking of But it is, isn't it? There's a great um Movement at the moment is about nutrition because that's something else we never get. Well, I certainly never got taught about in medical school. And you know, there's that whole saying, We are what we eat. And obviously, it's not just about what we eat, but it is so important. And it's very easy as a doctor to give a prescription and think that you've helped. Yes. But actually, I've always sort of said, There's no point having HRT and then going and eating McDonald's and smoking 20 a day and yeah, doing no of exercise. Course. It's, got so to be it's part about, of a healthy lifestyle. Totally. Yeah. And we've got to be able to give that to the... We've got to be able to provide that. Yes, to the yeah. So, you know, we have our nutritionist here as well. Yes. Um, she's brilliant, isn't she? Ella oh, Ellis Flint. Yeah. Um, some of you might know has come from... Well, she's English, but she's been in Australia for a long time, hasn't she? And um, the other week she came, didn't she, just for the staff. We yeah. had a little <laughs> evening after work. Everyone was a bit frazzled from a long day. And she came and she talked about probiotics, prebiotic food. Yeah. She yeah. did some interesting things, very simple ways of cooking absolutely down to earth not talking you know about things that we just don't understand it was very and it was tasty as well wasn't it really tasty (laughs) (laughs) i like the eating bit best (laughs) so it's great so so good so hopefully you're here to stay working with me because i can't survive without you um so just finally before we finish um i would really appreciate if you could just give three take-home messages um that women could maybe just reflect from what we've talked about today but three things that maybe will help them in their journey wherever they might be in their perimenopause or menopause one of the important things is to do a bit of research yes so we're not saying that you have to come to a private clinic like ours, right. but if we our website, or Louise's website, is uh, loads of information. Um, so do a bit of research before you go and see your GP um, to help them yes. as well. They're busy, short. Mm. Um, I think be brave. Yes. 
um, because, like you said, sometimes we don't even want to talk about it with our friends. Yeah. Um, and if we've got friends of similar age, they're going through it too. So you can help other people by talking to other people. So be brave and talk to other people. Um, and I think, oh, what's the third one? Perhaps um, talk to your family as well. Yes. I mean, involve your partner. Yes. Um, we have a lot of partners that come here. Mm. We mentioned it before. Um, and they may have noticed, even if you think... Lots of women say, I think I'm going mad. Yes. Um, and they're too frightened to talk to their partner. And their partners might go, well, actually, I've noticed this and this and this. Perhaps we and should. And then it pieces together that jigsaw, yeah. doesn't it? and so you're not on your own. Mm. That's a big thing. You're not on your own. There is help out there. Yes. And we're happy to support you initially and then set you free in the NHS. If that's Brilliant. The <laughs> that's great. Thank you ever so much. Oh, nice really kind. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about the menopause, please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.co.uk.